Yeah, this is Sully Dog. Talking to Lloyd Spiegel about the uh, new album, Backroads. Yeah, talk a little bit about making a new album and um, uh, his career and all sorts of things uh, in between on the dog. Spiegel to uh, Sully Dog Blues and Roots. Great to have you back on the show, mate. It's very, very nice to be back, mate. It's uh, it's not a, a tour until I've talked to you. <laughs> Tour's nearly over, isn't it? Oh, no, we're just on the middle leg at the moment. Okay. So the middle leg, uh, it's it's somewhat of a, a nasty spider of a tour. There's a lot of legs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're, we're sort of smack, smack dab in the middle of the tour. It goes through till the end of July, and then I go to New Zealand, Japan, and... Uh, Canada, so it kind of never really stops, and then another album will be released, and I'll start it all over again. Fantastic! Well, we're talking at the end of June, so for you people listening in six months' time, uh, New Zealand might be over, but uh, you can always get Lloyd Spiegel on LloydSpiegel.com. Um, that's what I do. I just check my website on a Monday <laughs> and kind of point my car in the general direction. Yeah, that's right. So, so tell us, we're talking about this new album just called Backrows, which has got some. Um, Neon Park style uh, graphics on the front. I'll ask yeah. you about that. But tell us about the album. Where did it come from, and uh, what's it about? You know, it was only ten months uh, later. It was only ten months after I'd done the This Time Tomorrow album. I'm not, not used to doing albums in such quick succession, but I just started writing. You know, just songs started coming into my head, and uh, I'd been playing a little bit of electric guitar, being invited out to play with it at some jams, and so getting into that, and thought it'd be fun to make an album that that was a bit more hard edge. Um, you know, that mixture of, of moving forward as a songwriter but actually taking, uh, you know, taking my old blues style of, of, of electric guitar, putting it together. And, and honestly, it was sort of like a, a side project almost. Mm-hmm. It was this thing, this idea that I had, I'd do something completely different to everything else I've been doing. Yeah. And as it turns out, uh, it's it's my new album. You know, when I started writing, I thought I might release it under a band name or something different, but it's yeah. just come out to be the new Lloyd Spiegel record and... I'm particularly proud of it. It's, it's one of those really organic experiences where you didn't know what you were doing at the time. You were just, just feeling your way through it, and we've come out with uh, what I think is, is probably one of my better works. Yeah, look, there's some, some great songs on here. Songs about travelling. Are you writing all this stuff on the road? Is that the... Is that the or are you sitting down in, uh, you know, at a desk and uh, doing uh, 9 to 5? Well, how, how do these songs come to you? You know, I do have to, to put time aside to write. Yeah. But it's usually it is usually in hotel rooms uh, as I'm travelling, and uh, these ones were kind of interesting because I, I went to, to Rob Dylan's house and put down a bunch of grooves and put some drums on it, yeah. and then drove around the country, right? Uh, and and went to California and and was just doing my regular tours, but I kept listening to these these tracks yeah. and putting lyrics to them as I travelled. Uh, so it's 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 quite a document of that period in time. What was what's good about it and probably different to my previous albums is that my previous albums were written as memories, and these ones are very much written in the moment, right? Um, from what I was seeing around me. So uh, it tends to flow um, possibly better than my previous work, right? Because it was all written in that that one little six week gap. Yeah, what's a good example of that, that that comes to mind from the album tracks? You know, the kick around, uh, the opening track. I put it as the opening track because the kick around is what I call my life. 
yeah. it's this constant bounce between hotels, visiting friends, playing concerts and, and airports. You know this, and you know it's kind and of interviews and interviews, <laughs> you know, and then repeat and, and over and over. And it's you know rather than explain what I'm up to that week, uh, it's it's become sort of a saying in my life that I'll just I'll be off next week on the kick around. Yeah, um, and. And so that 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 and, and and you know then you got Betcha Bottom Dollar. Uh, most of the tracks really are kind of about the complete madness that's become normal in my life. Yeah. You know, in any given week I could be in any city on the planet, and uh, and and I guess this album more than anything has a touch of honesty uh, about it. There there are some apologies on this record. I think <laughs> I've started thinking about the things I've. I've sacrificed and, and let go because of music. Yeah. Uh, so there's certainly, uh, you know, there are people who've been watching me for 25 years. Uh, they deserve at least for me to be honest. Yeah, I picked up some of the lyrics there about um, mm. relationships. Um, they weren't, and they weren't, uh, they were cynical of some of the other tracks. Um, That's were, right. Were, like the one I should have killed you. And uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've had some good mileage off <laughs> yeah, that song. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I retired that song last year, and then uh, and then I just got so much, so much, so many angry people on Facebook. Right? Right? I had to put it back in the set list. But no, this one, you know, I think throughout my life, I've I've given up a great deal to do the thing that I love, and um, and, I, and you know, I do, I do tend to miss weddings and funerals. Uh, and and everything in between mm, for, mm. from people I grew up with and and I don't see a lot of my friends these days. Uh, I usually have to hire them now to, yeah. to have them around. So I guess you know this album is is a bit more of a reflection and uh, and there's a lot of songs that ask what if. You yeah, know? I tend to play what if a lot on on this album, which is hence the title Backroads. It's uh, it's you know what what would have happened if I'd gone this way or mm, that way. Mm, mm. I asked her Renee Gaya once what she'd be if she wasn't a singer. So I'll ask you. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I've never actually thought about it. I mean, I've been doing this since I was 10 years old. I, yeah. I've never really given it a, a thought. I, I have a... This sounds really ridiculous. I have a deep um, passion for, 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 for the law. Mm. I, am, I, am, I am sort of an amateur lawyer. Yeah. I, I do a lot of study of the law, and, and I would have done something like that. The argumentative side of it really matches my personality very well. And the... The loopholes, finding loopholes in life, uh, yeah. is a huge part of me. So, so I, I would, I may well be a lawyer, and that's going to upset my mother when she hears this. Why is that? Well, it means that her birthday presents would, would have probably been better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a friend, good friend, who was a refrigeration mechanic. Mm. At the age forty-four, he said, "I'm going to study law." He's now a barrister. So there's still a chance for me. Yeah, and there's, there's uh, people that do all sorts of things at straight. So you can be the singing lawyer. I, I like that. Yeah, I'm happy with it. I mean, I'm, I'm 40 next year, so there's still plenty of time. Yeah. And, and I, look, after, after nearly 30 years doing one thing, it's, it's, not, yeah. it's not a strange idea to try on a new hat, is it? No, I like the songs that'll come out, like uh, I'm Missing Your Misdemeanour and... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> and all that stuff. So, so yeah, now you're back with a drummer too. Um, I think the yeah. last album you went solo, yeah, and um, which was prior to the the live recording, mm-hmm. where you sort of finished off with that format. That's right, and yeah. it's back. So what happened there? It was an accident. You know, Tim Burnham uh, and I, we, we still spend time together. We're good mates, and we we spent a lot of time on the road touring, and and we did the double live album, which was meant to be our farewell. That was you know three and a half years ago now. And, uh, you know, when I started writing these tracks, I just knew I needed something bigger on it. I knew it needed something more than just me 
They didn't sit well solo. In fact, I really can't perform any of this album solo. So I, uh, I gave him a call. And he, he came down. He laid down all ten drum tracks in, in one day. Wow. Uh, and, and was kind of on the phone to me constantly. He really believed in the tracks. So yeah, I've got him back on the road now. I'm also... Um, for, for at least half the tour, I've got, I've got Lisa Baird playing trombone. Yeah. Uh, it's become, you know, what is the least likely thing to happen when you show up to a Lloyd Spiegel gig? That's what I'm trying to push on this, on this tour. So, uh, so it's a really big sounding show and it's a really odd show for me. I've really spent a lot of time on the set list and uh, probably more time than ever before working out just how the show's going to go. And the same thing with the album. So yeah, having, having Tim back on the road is a lot of fun. I forgot what it's like to have to have others with you traveling. I mean, I, I've, the last few years I've done everything in my own time as I've wanted. Uh, and to have to think about, you know, because I now have Lisa as well on the road. I've got Sarah doing merch. I've got James as my roadie. And we're all touring and flying around together. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're into my hip pocket, which is fine. Yeah. But uh, I sort of forgot what it's like to travel with, with your friends. Yeah. And it... Yeah, talking with Lloyd Spiegel about his new album, Backroads. Here's a track, Man on Fire. Just because you're dreaming Don't mean you get to sleep Just because these people here Keep falling at your feet Don't make you no messiah Because you're moving, don't mean like you're awake. Just because they're feeling you and hearing what you say, don't mean you ain't a liar. Stepped out of the ocean and asked to stay a while. The calico dresses and Kansas City smile. But you ain't one to settle down. So my bags are in Atlanta, my axes in LA. The devil's in the details, and that angel's on the train. You ain't one really to stuff around. It's really giving me a new spark for touring. Mm-hmm. I was getting pretty tired of it, I can tell you. It's, yeah. a, it's a lonely life. You, yeah. you give everything you can to the crowd and then you go back to your hotel room and, and you're, kind of, you're emotionally and physically drained. Mm-hmm. But having this group around me of people that I really love, uh, and, and, and we, especially with Tim because we make the music together, it's just, it just feels like I've got people egging me on, which is great. really love it. And you can debrief. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, we, and we do constantly. I mean, we, it's a funny thing. We, when we started rehearsing, we were awful. We absolutely sucked. It was te- just terrible, I can tell mm. you. And every time we rehearse, I, I'm not happy with it. I think, gee, we're not, we're just not onto this. Yeah. And Tim said something wonderful the other day. He said, "The problem is our rehearsals are terrible because we're not artists, we're performers. Uh-huh. Until we have an audience, we're never going to know what's going to happen." Yeah. And we started rehearsing for Broadbeach. It was our first show back, and um, and honestly, before the first show at Broadbeach, I was petrified because wow. we had not rehearsed well and right. we were not hitting the pocket. We were not gelling as artists together. And as soon as we hit stage, it just went bang. 
Um, oh. So we, we need a crowd. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I'm going to have to start bringing audiences to the rehearsals, I think, otherwise yeah. there's, no, there's no point. But I think we're done rehearsing now. But it's know. good that you're going that way because the, the digital industry with music means yeah. performances make uh, make it viable but not selling product. Is that That's correct? right. That's right. I mean, you know, these days... Well, I'm selling more vinyl off the stage than I am CDs on this tour. Ah, and yeah. T-shirts. People want the vinyl and the T-shirts. Yeah. And what I'm finding they're doing is they're buying the vinyl, getting me to sign it, and then downloading it yeah. onto you, their computer. You're going to download key with it. That's vinyl, right. Yeah. So that's... You know, that, that's fine, that's great. I mean, that's actually allowed for me to still have that creative side of making an album. Doing the vinyl was fantastic. I'd never done it before. And, although, you know, you instantly learn things. Oh, yeah, well, they can't stay in the car. <laughs> you know, they need to come into the hotel room. You know, you kind of yeah, need yeah. a separate box to carry those around. You need a special box to send them to people in. You yeah, need yeah, yeah. all that sort of stuff. I've never done a record, and I'm, I'm very proud to have done one, but certainly they're selling like crazy. Is that right? Uh, and it just must be that, that my particular group of fans really want that collector's item. Which is great. Which I is love great. it. Yeah, it's wonderful. Is it, is it a limited release, the vinyl? Uh, well, it, it was meant to be, but they're selling so well, I think we'll probably have to, to print more. I mean, Very very extended limited, yes. Yeah, well, they're, you know, they're, they're expensive to make, but they. I put it on, the day I got it, I put it on and went, you know what, this... This really sounds fantastic, yeah, you know? and, yeah. and when I put the set list together, I actually put the set put the list together on the album as a vinyl, not as a CD. That's so I great. I was really selecting first track "Man on Fire" of you know, "Man on Fire" would be first track of the second side. I really looked at it that way. So it's two very different stories being told on the album. Yeah. That was a really great experience, you know, because I grew up listening to records. And people used to agonise over the set of the order of tracks oh, yeah. on albums because the, the album was a piece of art. You That's know? right. And now, because people go through and they just download whatever song they like. That's right, song by song. Yeah. But I still make it like people are going to download the whole lot and yeah. listen to it from start to finish. And, uh, and they can certainly listen to this one in two sections. Uh, and it was funny because Tim heard it and he said, oh, track five's a bit... Track five, it's right in the middle of the album and it kind of goes down a little bit. The price you pay just goes down a little bit. I said, yeah, but it's also the last track of side one. <laughs> you know? And so maybe maybe what I should have done is have two completely separate lists. Are you having intermission? Um, no. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. You think on, the, on the CD I should have put a three-minute <laughs> gap between between five and six. Time for drinks now and then yeah, I'll come back right. with Man of Five. I, I just should have made a noise and went, for one minute and then I should have actually recorded someone turning the album over yeah, and put that in there that might be the way to go next time that'd be great Yeah, Yeah, this is for the CD only of course that's right (laughs) it's incredible what they're doing in vinyl now I got sent a Jack White vinyl recently um, from Atlantis Records up in the Gold Coast who have become good friends of mine and and it's got a hologram of an angel that stands up on it and sort of dances around the record and if you put it if you put the track down it's kind of got tram tracks on it that cross over. So if you if you put the needle down at one particular part, that that song has an acoustic intro. But if you put it down in a separate part, the intro is electric and mm. things like this. I think side A plays from the outside in, and side B plays from the inside out, and all this incredible stuff. So, yeah. you know, it's really good to see that kind of creativity back. Yeah. In in record making.
Well, it's interesting. I mean, CDs have almost gone, although they're still around. Mm. But, you know, it's, it's streaming or vinyl. That seems to be the... Uh, but uh, but it's, it's still an age cohort that owns a vinyl or, or pursues it. It's either yes. very young hipsters yes. or very old people like That's myself. Right. And I, I've, I've got both and nothing yeah. in the middle. Uh, as, <laughs> well, you know, each time I make an album, the last three albums I've done, I made a CD, I've said, uh, is this the last CD I make? You yeah. know, at what point do we just skip this? Yeah. I mean, you know, I've got a pay wave on my merch desk. There's no reason that that pay wave can't just instantly download a, uh, an album to your phone or That's right. whatever it may be. So, yeah, it is interesting to see. What I think will ultimately happen is that our stereos, televisions and computers will ultimately become one machine. Mm. So we will still get the creative side from a visual aspect by having to put something on that screen yeah. uh, for the album. So yeah. hopefully hopefully we move that way pretty quick so that there's not a huge gap and uh, and we lose out on being able to make the, the creative visual. Yeah, no, I agree. Now tell me about um, the, the cover of this. It, mm. Is it just my age, uh, being uh. A, a little Feet fan from way back? Yeah, yeah. Um, the Neon Park uh, lookalike, uh, yeah. Neon Park's album yeah. um, from the mid-70s. This is a Backroads Lloyd Spiegel. It looks like that. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, that certainly wasn't the, the intention there. I mean, I, I had to look it up when you sent that to me on Facebook, actually. Is, it, is that right? But yeah, but... Well, um, I've already said it, I'm cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, what happened was, uh, I got a friend who's actually a comic book maker. Okay. And he makes comic books, uh, he's from a company called Knife in Texas Comics. He makes a whole range of character comics that are really cool, very much, you know, good guy, bad guy type yeah. stuff. There's a lot of cars involved in his, he's a car enthusiast, there's a lot of cars and... And I honestly, it was as simple as calling him up right. and saying, Darren, um, I'd like you to do an album cover. The album is called Cross, is called Backroads. Um, shoot me through something, you know? And he happened to be, he happened to be sketching a, F- a Ford single spinner yeah. at the time. And so he actually just sent me a photograph of, of that sketch. He goes, how about something like this? And I said, oh, that looks pretty great. So he sort of, designed it up into this thing and did these little things like the motel sign is actually yeah, a, yeah. a Cole Clark guitars headstock. <laughs> uh, little things like that. The license plate on the back yeah, is, yeah. is my son's birth date and initials. Fantastic. Little things like that. And, you know, it's come up really well. It's funny, my previous albums have, have, have often been quite dark. Yeah. Uh, and and so John Ward at Only Blues Music and, and John Howell at Rhythm Sex and Management both told me you need a bright album cover, a big bright album cover. So I kind of tongue-in-cheek went so bright yeah. Uh, and of course, and everybody's really loved it, and, and yeah. the the album cover, especially with the vinyl, it's just so nice to open up and see. There's a comic for each on the vinyl. There's a comic for each track, and, right? Uh, things like that. And well, I have to buy the vinyl uh, <laughs> at the next gig. We might be able to sort you out with one of those. <laughs> but the you know that sort of thing has um, has given it given the album that visual aspect that I, I'm really into. I'm really Fantastic. find that really important. But it certainly looks different to everything else I've done. Yeah. Um, most of my previous albums are in are in black, red, and white, and uh, and very, very, very dark red and very little on the. Yeah, white. there's always been a, a red, red, black, and white. You, you're mm. right there. Uh, nothing to do with St man. Kilda. I was yeah. going to say St Kilda Football Club, which is tragic in its own right. It is tragic in its own right. They're a constant source of disappointment to me, uh, but I'll stick with them. And uh, but yeah, I got a very clear uh, message this time: no black, red, and white cover. And just before I move on, do you stream the Saints matches when you're travelling overseas? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I watched every game while I was in Europe this year. They cost me about seventeen euros <laughs> per per game to watch. Yeah. Uh, and and there's a lot of nice actually. Last year when I played Ballarat, I mean Ballarat 
um, shortly, but last year when I played Ballarat, um, I was out on the balcony watching the Saints game on my phone. <laughs> and it was the last quarter. And there was people underneath me outside having a smoke. Yeah. And they were talking about the show. And said, wasn't he meant to start by now? And somebody <laughs> said, somebody walked past and said, no, nah, there's a Saints game on. He'll be on in seven and a half minutes. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was eight minutes late on the stage because I just wanted to watch the end of the game. It was actually one of the few we won. But yeah. uh, you've got to have a hobby outside of music or that's it'll drive right. you mad. Yeah, uh, well, at least the music's successful. Oh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, yeah, so far, so good. Yeah. Now, look, what's it, this, this album you mentioned, your touring schedule, what's it been and where's it going with this one? So I started in Europe uh, in, in April. Yeah. Uh, toured through April in Europe uh, and then uh, came home and took a month um, basically doing promo for this. June, July is the Australian tour. So we've already done the Sydney leg. We've done a, a couple of Victorian shows and uh, and this wraps up, uh, this tour wraps up in Perth and Adelaide uh, later in, later in, uh, in at the end of July. Yeah. In New Zealand, got a week in Japan then I've got a month in uh, Canada, which is... Fantastic. Now proving to be, you know, my largest audiences, and wow. um, it, it's been amazing. You know, I, I sort of felt like the prodigal son when I first got to Canada. Here's a country that borders the U.S., so their understanding of blues music is absolutely complete. Yeah. Uh, whereas a lot of the time, when you're traveling through the world, even in Australia, you find yourself explaining blues music because it's not a part of the culture, uh, and trying to disperse the cliches of it all. You know, yeah. and so. So Canada sort of totally understands blues, but because of the, the influence by the French, culture and art is really important. And I love that side of the European touring. And because, yeah, especially on the East Coast, they've got this enormous uh, influence from, from, from Gaelic and Celtic culture. So acoustic music, folk music and storytelling is mm. such an important part of the culture in like Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. Yeah. So I, it, it all just fit me beautifully, you know, yeah. as I love the storytelling, I love the folk stuff, I love the singer-songwriter aspect, I love the cultural part, and of course I love the blues. So um, honestly, I just felt like I found my people. Right. Uh, honestly, I, you know, so I, I do crave getting back to Canada. Um, I've got wonderful uh, representation there in, in Sarah, and, who does all the driving and books all the hotels and even... She built a stage with her bare hands, all this sort of stuff. Wow. A little riser for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we're talking with Lloyd Spiegel uh, about his new album, uh, Backroads, and uh, listen to a few tracks. It's from Christina.
Yeah. Pretty amazing stuff. So look, everything's in a great place, and, and everywhere we're going, we're, we're just building fan bases. The rooms are getting bigger, and uh, it's it's just been really great to know that my the goal is slowly being achieved. My goal has always been to take blues music out of the pubs and put it into theatres. Yeah, and I'm really enjoying uh, the fruits of that. I love a theatre show, and. And, and just as an advocate for, for Australian blues, yeah. I feel like I'm able to, to, to maybe break a couple of ceilings and go, right, this is possible. Yeah. You, can, you can play in these rooms and you can, you can have a theatre-style show. You, you don't have to, to be in the back room of a pub all the time. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yes. Uh, you, you mentioned to me uh, once that you have a guitar in every place you play. Yeah. You don't travel with a guitar anymore. Uh, I sometimes do, but yeah, for the most part... Uh, I pop one in each country that I tour to, and uh, I've got about four dotted about Australia. But it also depends on where I've been because they, they might be shipped to certain places for me. Really, that comes down to the amount that you're allowed to carry on an aeroplane. Yeah. Uh, so you know, you get your your baggage allowance, your musician's baggage allowance, and if you don't have to add a guitar to that, it means you can bring more merch, or you can bring that extra amplifier, or mm. bring bring the stool along, or whatever it may be. Yeah. But, a guitar was one thing I was able to get multiples of. I was going to ask you about your stool. You always play on a stool. Have you got yeah. stools in every location? That... You know, I have, I've got a Canadian <laughs> stool, a New Zealand stool. I've got a, a Dutch stool. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but the Australian one's on its last legs, actually. It's, it's, I've had it since I was about 14 or 15 years old. And, yeah. uh, and it's been rebuilt several times for me, but it's probably on its last legs. Um, I threatened to stand up on this tour for the whole show because it's a much more high energy show. And after the first show, I was just in so much pain that I, I said, "Now nah, I'll just sit back down." Uh, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's become a, it's become a thing. This it's a it's a funny circumstance because everywhere we go, my contract's got I've got to have a stool, but I'm I'm trying to work on one that can be fold folded down properly. Yeah. So it just fits in my in my suitcase oh, yeah. uh, so um, I've got an engineer friend in Tasmania who spent the last two years trying to build this <laughs> stool my idea would be that the stool would be like an Osaka style stool and that they the legs would fold in yep. and go into a bag and my clothes would go in it and yep. that would just be my suitcase that I check yep. in and then I yep. just take it out when I get to the other end um, as long as it's not made of metal you'll never get through the checking that's right and and so we thought timber and then timber's too, too heavy and then carbon fibre so he's building me a carbon oh, fibre yeah. super light I feel a little scared to sit on it. I'm a sizable gentleman, yeah. uh, but it's, it's very strong but very light. But, you know, as engineers do, he's over-engineered it, so we've got to, we've got to reduce the engineering on it now before I can start touring with it. Uh, so it wouldn't be Lloyd Speaker without the stool? No, no, yeah. not at all. You've got to have the right stool. That, that stool was just the right height for my stomping and, and all that yeah. sort of stuff, so I kept it. I, I took it from a bar many, many years ago. And, and that's it? I might return it one day. And look, it's well known you're in, in, uh, affiliated with uh, Cole Clark. Yes. Um, what guitars are you playing uh, on this tour? So this tour, I've got my signature model, but it's a newer signature model. It's an all Blackwood, uh, much, much stronger, better for touring, better for hitting. I'm not going to go through it. I won't break it. Uh, and I've made a few changes. So I've got a side, which is a, an extra pickup. So now I've got two outputs on my guitar. Right. One's going to the, the Cole Clark preamp's going straight to the to the PA, and that's my acoustic tone. I'm running that with an octave pedal, so I've got my E and A string sound like a bass guitar. Yep. And then I've got this second output running purely as an electric guitar to an amp. So I'm able to loop parts of the acoustic and, 
and play electric over the top. I'm able to loop parts of the bass. I'm able to use bass and electric or bass and acoustic or electric and acoustic. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's an infinite number of settings. And um, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of trickery, you yeah, know. But yeah, right. but ultimately, I'm producing this entire album on stage with just myself and a drummer, yeah. which is quite a task in itself. The other thing that I've done is I've replaced the rosewood on my previous guitars with uh, black beam, which means that it's um, it's a 100% sustainable guitar with no endangered timbers. And in fact, right. Cole Clark are the only guitar company in the world that make 100%. Uh, endangered timber free guitars. It's a Tasmanian blackwood, isn't it? Tasmanian blackwood uh, on these ones, and then uh, the um, and the, uh, the the black bean is is a, is a desert wood that's got a very similar tone to redwood to rosewood. Sorry, and uh, I got a Queensland maple neck. Right for the, for the guitar heads out there. Beautiful thing. And electric. Uh, you don't use. You don't have an electric guitar. You're just using no. an electric pickup on the acoustic. That's right. But I used a Strat and a Les Paul on the album. I think that everybody should have. Yes. Have both of those. Um, the, the, I've never been a Strat man. I'd always been a Gibson player electric. And then uh, Fender was was recently kind enough to uh, to sort of endorse me uh, with a guitar. And and you know, there's something magical about holding a Fender Stratocaster. You know that that feeling. And um and, and I recently came down and, and played it with you guys. Yeah. And uh, I do I do truly love the guitar. So. I, that's done most the majority of the album is actually me on the Strat right. with the acoustic underneath right. and uh, yeah I'm, I'm pretty proud of it I mean you know guitar heads can talk about guitars all day and I've never really been one of those guys but I'm slowly as I've grown with the company I've just learnt more and more about what it is I want from an instrument and really it's not about being a tech head it's about going on stage with something that you're 100% confident is going to do the job that you're going to do yeah yeah, that's that's yeah. what it's all about. It's just to, you know, cleaning up the tools and looking after the engine. Now you um, you've been mentoring um, some young players, Bill yeah. Barber. Um, there's a young guy named Toby around the place. There's uh, Charlie Bedford. Mm-hmm. Um, is this something that you chose to do, or they just come to you, or what's the background of all this mentoring of? Because Bill Barber, for instance, uh, yeah. you can tell that uh, he's he's crossed the uh, the path of Lloyd Spiegel. He has, um, yes. He, doing, he just left my house this morning. And he's doing a Bill. great job. Yeah. Um, so, what, what's the mentoring? Is this something that you've chosen, or will they come to you? Yeah, certainly. I, I certainly have, have have always extended my hand out to those guys. I, you know, when I was a kid, there was this never-ending line of, of blues musicians in Melbourne of that family who were would you know bring me to their own house and sit me down for the day and give me a bit of a guitar lesson and talk to me about the business Dutch Tilders, Jeff Atchison, Fiona Boys, Billy Cavanaugh. The list the list is literally endless. Yeah. And 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 I would you know uh, there's so many to mention like I couldn't I couldn't even begin. And so I've always felt that being a, I was so young when I started out in in the business. I was 8 or 9 going to the jams and 10 or 11 when I started gigging and uh, so I've always felt it is an obligation and a responsibility of mine mm. uh, to engage with these kids because I understand the situation they're in, especially the ones who are very young. When like Charlie started doing it, mm. he was 13 years old, and yeah. and I know the feeling. He doesn't feel at home with his own with his own school friends, yeah. yet doesn't quite fit in with the adult world of the blues scene. So yeah. I always I've always extended a hand. And what what usually happens, and certainly happened with young Bill and Sean Kirk and a bunch of others, is that they came over to the house to stay for a couple of days and they all brought their guitars and uh, and then, of course, the guitar never comes out the case. They're, they're expecting us to sit down and play guitars. Whereas yeah. I said, well, that's your journey. You know, I'm not going to teach you to play the guitar. That's that's something you've got to work out. That's up yeah. to you. I can't... You know, what we love about our favourite guitarists is that they're 
entirely unique, so I'm not going to dare to tell you how to do that. Mm. But how do you make a career out of it? Mm-hmm. How do you make a living in the music business? And that's what I tend to talk to them more about. And, you know, I'm very, very proud of that. I'm very proud to watch these kids. And when I go to festivals now and they're, they're playing on the stages, I, I do make a point of going to the side stage and watching them and, uh, yeah. and telling them, you know, how proud I am. Because, you know, I was, I was 11 years old. I was the youngest blues player in the country. And then I got to 16. I was the youngest blues player in the country. I got to 22. And I was still the youngest blues player in yeah. the country. And the, and the reality is there's something horribly wrong with that. Yeah. So the more youngsters coming through, the, the, the better as far as I'm concerned. One of them will make me rich. <laughs> uh, that's not your goal, I'm no, sure. No, well, you know, it's, it's not not my goal. <laughs> a rich blues man. And, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know that that rhymes. No, no. But um, I'm sure there's a few around. Um, they turned to stadium rock. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, when you... When you started playing, was guitar just fell into your lap? I mean, I'll just digress. I mean, yeah. I've been into people's bedrooms of, you know, yeah. eight-year-olds when their parents have ushered me in and said, watch young Johnny play Bach. Yes. He heard it once on a record and here he is on a keyboard mm-hmm. and he's playing cantatas. You think, well, how does that happen? Now, yeah. now, And some people work all their life to try and play guitar mm-hmm. and it's, everything's a struggle. Now, for the listeners... Lloyd Spiegel, Bill Barber's, uh, Charlie Bedford's, is there something genetic that means you pick it up and it just works? Or do you have to work at it? I think it's a matter of engaging children in music early on. I think all kids are born with with a natural beat, groove, whatever you want to call it. Because if you go to a festival, the first people up dancing are the kids. And they're they're into it and they're in time and they've got a beat. So it's in us us all. Um, If it's not nurtured, we lose it. Around high school, we all start to lose that. So I think that if it's nurtured from a young age, uh, especially a form of music like blues, which is unoffensive, very simple to follow, uh, easy beat, easy groove, uh, I think they'll love it forever and they'll connect to it. And I'm, I'm finding that the, the more the more I meet with kids, I mean, I've got a, a 12-year-old son, he's about to go 13, he's, he's playing a little bit, um, but it's about engaging when they're very young. I also think that there are people who, ha- who have to be musicians and there are people who want to be musicians. Yep, yep. So that goes a little bit against my ideal, my idea there. But but there are some people who just, you know, seem to to ooze it. I mean, I, I would love to say that I was one of those people that just practiced and practiced, and I, I just simply never was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, Talking with Lloyd Spiegel. I know that I've been wrong. Listening to some uh, tracks of his uh, new album, Backroads. About uh, how his journey on uh, being a musician. I would have never played 
I would have never played guitar as a kid for more than half an hour in a day. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of playing out, you know, out on the weekends. Uh, and even these days, I mean, I've had, I've had friends stay at my house for a month who were shocked to see I haven't picked up a guitar at any point mm-hmm. in that month um, because it's my job. But, you know, certainly, although my father does say that as a kid, even though I wasn't practicing, practicing, I always had a guitar in my hand. I was always sitting in front of the TV. Mm. That's my number one advice to give to young guitar players. Stop trying to learn it. You know, stop trying to learn the guitar. It's not something you learn. I play pretty quick. You can't really think that quickly. Mm. You just got to do it. It's got to be like breathing or walking. Stop mm. trying to learn it. What mm. you're actually trying to do is create a habit. Mm. And so I always, you know, play your guitar in front of the TV or while having a conversation at the breakfast table. That's the time to play because you actually got to get it into your subconscious. Um, but, but, you know, certainly the younger you engage a child in music, the, the easier it's going to be. And as we grow older, you know, I, <laughs> I have a never-ending line now of, of, of guys in their 50s at my gigs coming to say, <laughs> Lloyd, I've been playing guitar for 25 years. I can't play anywhere near as well as you. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really funny comment. Yeah. And I say, well, what do you do for a living? And they say, well, I'm a doctor. I say, well, I don't do surgery on the weekend for fun. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. This is what I do. Yeah. So if you could do both of those things, yeah, yeah. I'd be horribly offended yeah. because... I, you know, I can only do the one. Uh, I worked as hard to do this as you did to do that. Uh, so hobbyist musicians get very upset they can't play like the pros, but of course the pros, that's all they've ever done. That's correct. Which is obviously a mental illness. We all know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, well, that could be... Okay, well, I call it mass fit. Um, <laughs> people say, uh, you know, if you, if you play, even if you're playing jams every week, like, yeah. like I do with the, you know, the blues club, I mean, yeah. and then we just step up and play with people. So how did you do that? I said... Well, we do it all the time, yep. um, and that's match fit. And if, right. you, if you're playing and you're match fit, if you can if you can mark a ball and kick a goal, mm. and you're playing your music all the time, you, it'll become a second nature. That's exactly yeah. right. And, and you know, I find around this time of the tour is where it starts to sit right. You know, we're, yeah. we're mid-season. Yeah. In that way, if we're using that analogy of football, yeah. which I think we totally should. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, we are in the mid-season, and that is seems to be when I when I hit my stride. Right. Uh, and then at the end of the tour, I tend to have to regroup. Yeah. And rebuild, and work on my hands a little, yep. and, uh, and, yep. and 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 think about what do we have to do next year. Yeah. To to take the next step forward. Fantastic. You know? Which is my my final question. Where to next? I mean, you're in the middle of a tour, and you've got yeah. an album, but. Uh, the logic uh, of the music industry is once you've released an album, you're finished with it, really. Yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Where's the next one? Look, I'll, um, I'll start working on a new one towards the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm still throwing up a few different ideas of what I'd like to do. Part of me would really like to do a, a From the Cradle type album where, where I go and, and play uh, duets with the people I grew up playing with. Like Eric Clapton's From the Cradle. Yeah, that, you know, where I, where I go back... I mean, I'd really like to sort of put myself in a studio with Jeff Atchison for a song and then Dutch Tilders... Uh, and then, uh, you know, Dutch Tilders in the Blues Club uh, yeah, 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 yeah. for a song and then Billy Kavanaugh for a song and, and people I grew up idolising. You know, I'd really yeah. love to, to, to reconnect in a studio situation. I'd also like to do a straight acoustic duo singer-songwriter type thing. So there's a few kind of ideas. I've always wanted to do a big band show but there's just so many people yeah um you know so yeah there's a few different ideas i'm tossing up and really it's going to depend on how the rest of this tour goes as to whether i get louder or get back to being a bit quieter and europe yeah you've established yourself there you're you're talking about canada you're talking about japan obviously australia where else would you like to break into look you know i get constant requests from the united states to go back and tour there it's been 
nearly 15 years since the last time I wow. toured the States. And, uh, and I, I do get offers from there all the time. The problem is that the work visa situation these days is particularly difficult. Uh, so th- that is one place I'd really, I'd really just like someone to wave a magic wand so that I can just get back into the country on a work visa and, and tour. Yeah. But the process itself is, is maddening when you look at the rest of the world and how easy it is to get a work permit to perform and pay your taxes and leave. Yeah. Um, and I would really, really be keen uh, to, to check out, you know, the, the Central American music scene. Spent a little bit of time in, in, uh, in Mexico last year and just found I was really hit by the music. So yeah. there's, you know, I'd like to, um, I'd like to, to, to kind of infuse that into what I do a little bit. But who knows? And I might, I might end up going nowhere. You know. No, that won't happen. Look, really appreciate you coming on to uh, Solid Dog Blues and Roots, Lloyd. We've spoken a few times. Yeah. And uh, great new work, as we'd expect, of Backroads. And uh, congratulations and uh, wish you well with the rest of the tour. Well, thank you. And thank you for everything you do for Australian Blues. You are uh, at the absolute forefront there. You're one of those, that handful of people you know is always just going to going to keep fighting the good fight. So much appreciated. Well, thanks. I'll cut that out. With the... <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Lloyd, for coming on the show. Pleasure. Thanks, mate. I'm leaving house Sunday morning When the devil's got that road I'm leaving house Sunday morning When the devil's got that road I ain't looking for forgiveness But I'm so taking what I'm owed Yeah, we've been uh, talking with uh, Lloyd Spiegel uh, on the dog Yeah, going out with tracks uh, from the Backroads album and uh, get around and see Lloyd on his tours. You won't be disappointed, Tonehound. And you want more information, of course, uh, get on to uh, LloydSpiegel.com uh, on the internet of webs. Remember, you can get on to Lloyd uh, Spiegel interviews and other interviews on the dog on salty.com.au and uh, you can stream them down and you can subscribe to the dog. Uh, just hit the subscribe button uh, on the dog and help us go on with all this great stuff. With Lloyd Spiegel. <laughs>